Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight, a conversation about faith, family, freedom, the state of Illinois, our nation, and conservative action. Here's David Smith and Monty Larrick. Thanks for making Illinois Family Spotlight part of your day. I'm Monty Larrick, and this is David Smith. Hello. He's the executive director of the Illinois Family Institute and Illinois Family Action. Dave, uh, Illinois lawmakers are going to try to legalize high-potency marijuana in Illinois. We think that's a bad thing. We think it's a terrible idea, and we have so much evidence on our website. If you go to IllinoisFamily.org, we have a whole page dedicated to the consequences of legalizing marijuana in the state of Illinois. And today we have with us Dr. Karen Randall. This is our second podcast with uh, Dr. Randall. We have more information to cover. We couldn't cover in the first podcast. And we really want people to hear what she has to say, what she has seen and experienced from what now, five years of legal marijuana in the state of Colorado and how it's affected her uh, community in Pueblo County, Colorado. And one of the first questions I have, you got something? Well, we need to talk about her credentials. Yeah, so okay. Why this don't is you just do that? not anybody talking. This is, folks. yes, this, she's got some, <laughs> yes. Dr. Karen Randall is an emergency room physician in Pueblo, Colorado. She's trained in pediatrics and family practice and holds a certificate in cannabis science and medicine from the University of Vermont. So she's coming from. Knowledge and experience. Is that fair to say? Oh, hopefully. <laughs> so I've done this for probably 20 years. Um, I am emergency medicine, family practice, and pediatric trained. I was a teacher of emergency medicine for 18 years in the city of Detroit. So I do have some credentials. And so I in the city of Detroit, probably you saw a variety of different things coming through the emergency department. A lot of things. So, yeah. Okay, and now we're, 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 we want to focus in on what you're seeing come through the, the emergency department in Colorado. And uh, you've been there for how long in Colorado practicing Since medicine? 2013. So, and, and then almost immediately thereafter, you saw a huge spike in marijuana cases. Correct. We saw a big change in our community and our environment. And so I think, you know, one of the things we need to talk about is when people talk about legalization of marijuana is CBD versus THC. Good, yes. So THC is really... Um, and these are both things found in the marijuana plant. What do you, what do you call them? Correct. Things. Cannabis sativa <laughs> is... There are probably 400 different chemicals in Properties. the plant. Yeah. Okay. So, but the big active ones that we know about most people talk about are CBD and THC. CBD and THC. Correct. And THC is the psychoactive portion of the plant. In in probably the early 1990s and earlier, there was a ratio of THC to CBD somewhere around 50-50 or 60%, 40%. It varied on the species of the plant. But unfortunately, the industry has liberalized their use and through genetically modifying plants, they have increased the THC that is coming out in concentration. So in doing that, if you increase the concentration of THC in a plant, you dramatically decrease the CBD. The reality is that the CBD was probably somewhat protective for the THC. So um, we've taken away that property. If we look at scientifically CBD, we know it does cross the blood-brain barrier, and we know that probably will 
ultimately may have some medical benefits, but we're not there yet. And they're not proven, despite all the ads that you see in the false advertising is being done about all the miraculous miraculous cures that are being done. And that's why we need to let the scientific and medical experts at the FDA do their work. Well, it's not just due diligence. Correct. It's not just the FDA, but it's a lot of research is being done. The industry has said no research is being done until we legalize it and we take it off a Schedule One status. But they're wrong. There's a lot of research being done currently um, by the NIH and other facilities about this. THC is what gets you high, right? Tetro high. Help me with that. Tetrahydrocannabidiol. Easy for you to say. Yeah. <laughs> and the CBD say it is? three times, Dave. Yeah, right. <laughs> Let's just go with CBD because so, everyone knows it. Okay, yeah. so CBD is not as harmful to the body or so it doesn't this, create the a high? THC is this, we call it psychogenic. So it activates your brain. It, it alters you. So it's hallucinogenic, psychogenic. It's what gets you high. The CBD does not get you high. Um, it may have some anti-inflammatory properties. And again, like I said, we're really not there scientifically. Um, the industry will advertise some benefits of it. They'll say they have all kinds of um, proven results, but they're using really weak studies and antiquated studies. Any of the studies that we do nowadays, we need to talk about high potency, and those studies are just starting. So when you increase the THC, you decrease the CBD, and the, and the converse is true as well. When you increase CBD, you decrease THC. So when you look at the hemp products and you say, well, hemp is okay because it's just CBD, there's actually THC still in it. So, you know, any of your CBD products, it still has THC. And you it have can to still have an effect on you. Correct. And you can still have an effect. And so you have to really so be careful about So even the CBD you, oil, you know, that so many people are talking about correct. can still even topically, if they, you know, put it on arthritis or what have you, uh, or, you know, joints could still help hurt you. Correct. It still has THC. Okay. So, and it can still hurt. And in addition to those properties, we know that there are lots and lots of drug interactions with CBD and THC. Yeah. And so... You have to be careful because people are using this with, uh, some people are using it with wanton disregard. But if you're on medicines like Coumadin, which is a blood thinner, it can alter your Coumadin level and lead to bleeding problems. So you really have to be careful when you're using it. But those warnings are on the packages, right? Right. No. No. Not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. We were just talking, as we were just talking, you'll get, if you buy essential oil, there's a warning about not using it while pregnant. And there's minimal warning on the, in the products in Colorado minimal if any warnings that's interesting now you talked about gmo right uh, genetically modified plants correct um what else are they doing to these plants to make them productive and what is what is being absorbed by our bodies right in these plants when we use well that's the really interesting thing so the hemp plant and the cannabis sativa plant are what we call soil scrubbers Hmm. Um, they will pick up anything in the soil and it's my understanding though i haven't proven it they're using these plants in chernobyl to suck the radiation out of the ground you're kidding me so it's a really good um, soil scrubber and if you have an outdoor grow it will suck up what's in the soil so that includes heavy metals Hmm. includes pesticides that they're using other chemicals and and fungus as well so we're seeing a lot of those contaminants in the plants well, well let's talk about some of the contaminants in the plants as a result of illegal grows and this is a thriving industry right uh they promised that the illegal grows would go away well, of and course if anything they would. the black market is, would go away 
If anything, it's alive and thriving. In fact, the black market has probably grown bigger than the, the legalized market. It's um, a way to avoid paying any of the taxes, a way to avoid regulations. Um, and it is everywhere, literally everywhere in Colorado. But as a medical doctor, are you concerned with what they're putting on the plants and in the soil um, and how people are absorbing that? And then, of course, what is it doing to the environment? And wildlife. Exactly. Well, if, if you go, you can just Google this, Calaveras County, and you can see a lot of the problems in California that they're having it. If I'm using chemicals and pesticides to grow my illegal grow, and what we're seeing now is a lot of the illegal grows are using chemicals brought from Mexico or wherever. That are maybe illegal here? Correct. That are illegal here. Mm -hmm. And when those grows get washed off, um, we have water tables in Colorado. So those go into a water table. And the ranchers are using that water from the water table for to their cattle. for their cattle and their plants. And, their and plants, the plants sure. are being absorbed. So even if you don't want to, you may be exposed to all these chemicals. But these are illegal grow operations, right? You're speaking Well, of. the legal grows have wastewater that goes out as well. So is the oh, legal really? grows doing this as well, using pesticides and... Well, it, it depends on the state. Each state has their own regulations. And so, yes, they're using chemicals and pesticides because they're grown in a very humid environment. They're using all kinds of chemicals and pesticides. But it's well-regulated. Um, or not. Not. Yeah. <laughs> that means putting the money into the state agencies to actually police the, the, the practice, right? Correct. Yeah, so there's yeah. another hidden cost to, to legal marijuana, right? Well, there's a lot of hidden costs. So what is this doing marijuana. to well water? I mean, think about that. I mean, um, maybe you get city water where you are, but a lot of people in Colorado probably have well water. Right, and, and I can't speak to the contaminants, but I do know that they are finding contaminants in well water. But I can't speak to what it's doing in my environment. And sure. so the governor, uh, again, Governor Hickenlooper, promised that it would take care of the black market. That would go away. Please, whoever's listening to this podcast, do not fall for that. It will not go away. The illegal market has blossomed in Colorado. We now have illegal grows everywhere, illegal grows on the federal lands, illegal grows in houses. And the reason is, is that you can grow and it's you hide among the sheep, so to speak, and you have yeah. your illegal grows. And I can testify to this from a personal point when the um, house around the corner from me and across the street from my friend was a known Cuban cartel grow house. So Cuban cartel. Cuban cartel grow house. And it was not just once, but twice. And my friend called when they set up shop again. They called. Um, she said, you know, they're coming every Tuesday and every Sunday with a white van and picking it up. And she couldn't get anyone to pay attention. Well, what happened in this house in particular was that they took their electrical bundle, dug under the driveway, and live tapped into the junction box. So they were stealing electricity from the electric company. No kidding. They did the same with their water. They dug under and live and tapped into water resources and we're stealing water. Then when the electric company found out, that's when we got some activity and that's when they came and shut it down. And I happened to be there with my friend when they actually stormed the house, which is literally across the street from our house. And we know that even legal operations use a lot of water every day and a lot of energy for the, electricity. Because these plants so take a lot. So you would say that a grow, approximately 3,000 square foot grow, could use the same amount of energy as a small town. Mm. If you had a grow, for instance, the grow in the house 
across the street from me was probably about a thousand feet, but I would bet that if they were paying for electricity, their bill would be about five thousand dollars a month. Yikes! <laughs> They're grown in very hot, humid conditions. They have to air condition even in the middle of the night or in the middle of the winter. We're still using air conditioning, so you can always tell an illegal grow if you're driving down the street because they will have industrial um, air conditioning units with the con- um, with all the the metal piping and stuff on the back so you can usually tell anyway this was a cuban grow right across the street from me and my friend has been trying to sell her house but when you walk out of her front door you look at it now it's a house that's sitting empty and it's falling apart and we looked into the records of this house in particular it is owned by a person who was if you look up in the book we found it from a a real estate company in florida one of the people mentioned in this real estate company from Florida was the Cuban banker associated with one of the large Spanish banks. Um, and this company also had several other houses in the area. Trying to get someone to pay attention to this or to shut it down was virtually impossible. And my friend is trying to sell her house, and so every day when she walks out, or if someone drives up, you can't help but notice the dilapidated house literally right across the street in a good neighborhood. And if you're a parent and you've got kids, do you really want to put your house next no. to a Cuban cartel house no. where the cops say you can't go there because it's they're armed? Yeah. I wouldn't want my kids there, and I wouldn't want to be there. And so this happened to me 90 miles away in another nice neighborhood. My brother, who's a firefighter, actually got called to a fire at his neighbor's house. Turns out that this nice house had a very large grow in the basement. And Mm. what happens is they board up all the windows so you can't see the lights going 24 hours a day. And when that happens, um, the firefighters can't go into the house to fight the fire. They have to fight from outside because it becomes a danger because there's no egress for firefighters. And that house burned to the ground. This was 90 miles away next door to my brother. What's marijuana meant to property values? Oh, it's in plummeted property values. My friend can't sell her house, and she's dropped the house price $100,000 and still can't sell. But how can you sell with a grow house across the street? Then um, I have a partner who worked in Parker, Colorado. Um, I lived in Parker, Colorado, and she had a grow next to her. And my scribe has a grow next to her in Pueblo. And you go, that's four people. What are the likelihood that those are the only four illegal <laughs> grows in the neighborhoods? When they're geographically very distant. So if you just look at that and then you say, well, what's the likelihood of there being illegal growth? They're all over the place. Yeah, And 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 all the red flags that you're giving us. And it totally could be your neighbor. Absolutely. So an illegal grow operation could be coming to a subdivision in your neighborhood, your, your, your neighborhood, and right here in Illinois. they're not picking the bad neighborhoods. They're picking the nice neighborhoods because a three hundred thousand well, dollar house to the they Cuban want the square cartel footage, right? means nothing, and it's easier to hide, right? Um, right? We know that there's high crime in a bad neighborhood, and you wouldn't want to grow your very expensive marijuana in a high crime neighborhood, right? So, <laughs> no, I guess not. They're yeah. hiding right <laughs> among the sheep, and mm. and you, if you moved in, you couldn't tell. I mean. And people who are leasing their houses are finding that people turn their houses into an illegal grow, and that just ruins the house. Yep. It's filled with mold. They've altered the electricity, et cetera, et cetera. So many red flags. Well, this is Illinois Family Spotlight. We'll continue our conversation about marijuana with Dr. Karen Randall after this. 
From now on, every pro-lifer should respond to pro-abortion senators this way. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with The Point. Last week, I told you why Senate Democrats killed the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act, which would have required doctors to give survivors of abortions appropriate medical care. Well, today I want to tell you what we need to do about it. Among the senators who voted it down were presidential hopefuls Bernie Sanders, Kamala Harris, Cory Booker, and Elizabeth Warren. The move left many people wondering, are progressives in favor of infanticide, the killing of babies, after birth? I thought they supported the right to terminate a pregnancy, not the right to terminate a newborn. This horrifying vote needs to become an albatross around the neck of every single senator who voted against it. From now on, in both congressional and presidential debates, whenever the topic of abortion comes up, pro-lifers should remind everyone that these were the senators who voted against the protections for newborn babies. In other words, we need to make them own this one. For more on faith and culture, come to breakpoint.org. I'm John Stone Street. Trans ideology is in our schools, government, churches, even our homes. We need to start taking some action in stopping this total madness. Join the Illinois Family Institute for our Trans Ideology Worldview Conference, Saturday, March 16th at Stone Church in Orland Park with Dr. Michelle Curtella, authors Denise Schick and Douglas Wilson, and Walt Heyer, a former transgender with encouragement for others. Let me help you realize who you are. The Illinois Family Institute Worldview Conference, biblical training for today's culture, 10 a.m. Saturday, March 16th at Stone Church in Orland Park. $20 per person, $50 per family. To attend, call 708-781-9328, 708-781-9328, or visit IllinoisFamily.org. Thanks once again for joining us here on the Illinois Family Spotlight. Monty Larrick here along with David Smith, and our guest is Dr. Karen Randall, an emergency room physician in Pueblo, Colorado, a state that uh, legalized uh, pot uh, more than five years ago. A lot of negative results. Uh, but here's something I'm, I'm curious about. You, you have a certificate in cannabis science. First of all, I didn't know there was such a thing. <laughs> but how many of the uh, retail operators have any kind of training with regard to... In their trade. In their trade about uh, marijuana, uh, safety, and that sort of thing. And what, especially when we're talking about Do medical marijuana. Do they know marijuana. what they're selling? Probably from personal use. Right. I mean, there is all kinds of strains. But do they so, know the science behind it? Um, I'm going to go with no on that for most people. <laughs> I'm going with no. I think some of the owners and some of the people who do a lot of the chemical-based stuff probably know the science. Um, they know one side of the science. I don't think that they know the medical harms. They, but they do have chemists. They do have other people who are somewhat educated. But your average bud tender doesn't don't I mean, know he and may don't be, care. He or they she just, may be twenty in their twenties, and they're there because they enjoy smoking pot and they want yeah. to work in the pot industry. Yeah. And quite frankly, if you continue to smoke pot, it's one of the few places you can get a job. Hmm. Wow. Well, you know, uh, I spoke with a state lawmaker who said that you know. Uh, Illinois has done a great job with its medical marijuana industry in regulating that. Um, do you think that's the case, uh, just from what you've heard about Illinois? And are, we're hearing stories that, uh, you know, people with no training are, are essentially your marijuana pharmacist 
Uh, is that happening in Colorado? Well, I don't think that they're getting educated with regards to interactions or dosage. And the fact that we would call this medication is kind of unusual to me because, first of all, I don't think you should smoke your medicine. Second of all, every batch is different. So your, quote, medication would probably vary from time to time when you're purchasing it. And the the final thing is, is that you're going in and literally asking a bud tender for medical advice. So it does, that sounds a little odd to me. Yeah. So can Illinois successfully make the jump from medical marijuana to outright Which, by legalization the way, of recreational marijuana. If you can't qualify for medical marijuana in the state of Illinois, you, you're, you're not, you know, there's something wrong with you, <laughs> But first of all. but Or maybe there's nothing wrong with you. Well, you're that's... the only person in the state with that problem. So, <laughs> no, I mean, to answer your question, no. I don't think you can make the transition. It's every state, as I said, every state has their own rules and regulations, and I'm not familiar with Illinois' regulations, but no one is checking, in Colorado at least, when you go to a medical marijuana person. If I went to an orthopedic surgeon and, and I my internist wanted copies of my visit there and the, what their thoughts were, we could get those, but we can't get any copies of any records from the marijuana doctors who are prescribing this medicine, nor do we have any standardized dosing. So someone goes right, to a, right. a marijuana physician, what dose are you prescribing? Additionally, are you looking at medication interactions? So, and, and typically no. And are you prescribing appropriate medication? And the other thing is, is there's no medication that we have that people voted on. We didn't actually say, <laughs> you know what, let's all take a public vote on whether we should have Inderol. We, we, we just aren't doing that. And so if this is really a medicine, to have a public vote to see if it's a medicine is kind of yes, it's ridiculous, unbelievable. Yeah. So, uh, Karen, how long have you been speaking out on this issue? How long did it take before what you saw in the emergency department said, I can't stay silent on this anymore? Well, it wasn't very long. I went, I came here in 2013. We already had medical marijuana, but it wasn't a lot. We weren't seeing a whole lot of issues, but really as of 2014, it's the floodgates opened. And then having seen and seen constantly on every shift that I go, seeing more mishaps and misadventures with marijuana, I just have to share. And so in speaking out, where have you done that? Have you done it before the legislature? Have you done it? I know you've done it in press conferences. I've seen the YouTube video on that. Um, where, where else? Obviously, you're in Illinois to help us talk to lawmakers about the foolishness uh, of it. What are you seeing? So, yes, I've spoken a lot of places. Okay. I've spoken to legislators. I've spoken to um Public. I've spoken to other physicians. I've spoken as far away as Portugal and no kidding. as close as my own backyard. So yeah. it's, yeah, I've spoken a lot of different places. And what are the responses of people, generally speaking? Are they alarmed? Or are they angry? Or there's a mixture? Well, it's really interesting when I speak to people who just want some education. It's um, very interesting. It's usually quiet. And it's kind of like this conversation we're having. It's peaceful. It's not bad. I had the opportunity to go speak in a couple of places, and one was in southern Colorado, and they were trying to, um, it was a town hall, and they were trying to put a marijuana dispensary in the town saying that they would make a lot of money with taxes, et cetera, et cetera. And so in the meeting, there was probably about 200 people, and half of the group was pro-marijuana. 
And the interesting part is a subset of that group were almost violent and probably would have been had I not requested that we have police presence. Um, literally was a gang in the in the lobby, as in the parking lot as we were leaving, and I had to ask for a police escort out of town. You said a gang. You mean? A, a group of, of people. Just a group I mean, of people. Just a, okay. A gang is my term, but could have been, but yeah. it was yeah, uh, right. And they weren't and, friendly towards you. No, and and I don't know what they would have done if it had not been a police presence. Were there threats against you? Oh, I've had lots of threats. Yeah, I've had a lot of threats. And the if I listen to their side and I listen to their presentations and a lot of these venues that I've gone to, I've listened to their side, and I don't feel like I need to beat them with a bat. Right. Um, so I think these about are not just it, people that just want to chill out. They're totally not people who just want to chill out. Definitely, I would say go with no. <laughs> right. So in the last podcast, you gave a disclaimer. You're doing this on your own volition. Yeah, um, correct. You're not getting paid for, you know, the big marijuana, um, uh, what do you call it, big pharma. Correct. Is not trying to get you out there or who right. else. I don't know who else would be, you know, uh, the Christian right is not asking you to go out. We're, I mean, we're asking you to come here to testify, but that's because you've seen what you've seen in your practice. I really feel like morally it would be wrong of me not to come out and speak out. Thank you. And really, it's the pediatrician in me, and I see what it's doing to our children. And this is a crime. This is really going to be bad. It's our children who are being affected. The grand experiment of Hickenlooper is affecting our kids, and we probably won't know the outcome of his grand experiment for another 10 years. But we are having our kids they don't have an opportunity i saw a child who was eight weeks old his mom smoked marijuana throughout her entire pregnancy and there's no question we know that that will lead to iq problems and long-term problems with the fetus she smoked pot throughout her pregnancy and then as an eight-week-old got brought into the emergency department because it was having respiratory difficulty and how do i tell this eight-week-old kid you're going back the whole room smelled like weed and to try and educate the family that this isn't something you shouldn't be smoking around the baby you should like give him the opportunity to grow up without having that around him and it's met with anger because it's a natural plant the industry has done a lot to convey its safety to the public and yet a natural plant that is genetically modified sprayed with uh, pesticides and uh, uh, herbicides and whatever else sides (laughs) side what does side mean doc means kill death yeah right so and I see this, and where do I send this eight-week-old? I send him back to the same parents that are making him having respiratory difficulties. And I, I see this again and again and again. And at that point, you go, I, I, I have to speak out. I saw a young man who was smoking, admittedly and braggedly, smoking about 5,000 milligrams of THC a day. Okay, what does that mean to me, though? I, I've that never touched That means the it. equivalent of 5,000 Woodstock joints. Oh, a day. A day. A day. When you're dabbing, correct. How in the world could you possibly do that? Well, you smoke it in a dab. You smoke it and you vape it. You smoke shatter. So can't, can't be good on your lungs. Would think, right? And so he was actually having seizures. And I brought him literature. He was not 21 yet. I brought him literature showing that, yes, there are lots of studies and case reports that it can actually cause seizures. And at the point I handed him the literature from small sources like the NIH and <laughs> small sources. JAMA. National um, Institutes of Health. Right, correct. Journal of American I, Medical Association. Correct. I became the stupidest doctor in the world because we all know, the lay public knows that it treats seizures, so his seizures couldn't possibly be from the marijuana that he was using in excess. So These folks are deceived. 
correct. We're totally being deceived by the, the, the company. All you have to do is open up one of those CBD ads and see everything um, in your junk email, That see everything that they say CBD treats, and it's, it's a lie. And we've asked the DEA to please, and the FDA, to please address these issues. We had a full-page ad in the, in the newspaper in Pueblo that it treats cancer. And I don't know about all the listeners out there, but I have had to personally put people who chose to treat their cancer with marijuana into hospice. And who holds the industry responsible for those people who are misled enough by the industry to think that their cancer would be treated by? And these are folks who maybe if you had intervention at the right time early on may have extended their life or with, even cured. Correct. Oh, correct. That's so sad. And and. And you go, who holds, who's harm? Yeah. Who's at harm for this? It's a huge, I mean, I have copies of ads where they talk about all the treatments it does, everything from eczema to menstrual cramps to cancer to Alzheimer's. And those, there may be some. It's, it's, it's the snake oil of, uh, of the without, 2018, without a question. 2019. And there may be some use for some of this, but we don't. We're yeah. not there yet. We're not there. I mean, We're there's Marinol, there right? And you know what? There is no medication that you buy from your retail dispensary that is really medication. Right. Sorry, that's not <laughs> that's not medication. We, I, heard, Baba I heard another medical doctor medication. say that eating and smoking raw crude marijuana is not medicine. Well, I talked to some people from Norway, and they were coming in looking at it, and he said, you know, people talk about treating um, treating PTSD with with marijuana yeah, right. and he goes and he made this analogy and I thought well this is really cool he said you know people have treated their PTSD with alcohol for years and no one calls it their medicinal alcohol mm, I thought great point perfect point well listen we've got to wrap up this podcast but can you just tell us maybe share with us a short story something that you've seen that's either heartbreaking or alarming during your practice the last five years in Colorado Oh, I've seen so much that it's hard to just pick one story. But I guess I uh, saw a young lady who was in her preteens um, who was smoking marijuana and having emotional outbursts. She got brought in in a spit mask with six cops it took to bring her in. A preteen. Preteen. She, a female. Correct. Oh, my and, gosh. And she was acutely psychotic. psychotic. Yes. And you just go, where is she going to go? Where is this girl going to head if this continues? And yet it was, you know, just marijuana. Wow. Yeah. Well, you said earlier that legalization is really a crime. And you felt responsible, uh, I think morally responsible, that you needed to speak out. But Dave and I have had this conversation it doesn't seem like our pastors are saying a word yeah, about marijuana yep. here in Illinois. Uh, We're standing on the wall screaming at the top of our lungs, using every platform at our disposal to say, don't do it. Look what's coming. Look what's happening in Colorado, California, Washington. Do you need more uh, examples? Do you? I I. I personally don't think you do, and again, that's my public invitation to anybody, the governor or anybody listening. The state lawmakers. Yeah, correct. Come see, come see the endpoint of all this it's funny legalization. You say that because you know, remember Phil Kowalski? What's his name again? Uh, Phil Kowalski. Kow, yeah, he's he heads up a homeless shelter in downtown Chicago. Pacific he has Garden the same Mission. invitation out for the state lawmakers. Come see, 
come see. Oh, and, what, I, and I'm sure his homeless shelter isn't even close to what we have going on in Colorado right. or in Oregon or in California. Yeah. yeah, come see the endpoint of your legislation and come see the endpoint of all these tax dollars that you think you're going to make because I'm here to tell you that is not the case. Hmm. All right. Well, if you're concerned about this, tell your lawmakers. Give them a call. 217-782-2000. If you don't know the name of your lawmaker, get on our website, IllinoisFamily.org. Click Officials Finder. And there's a bunch of new ones coming in, so it's possible that you have a new state rep. It's possible you have a new state senator. By the way, you do have a new governor. <laughs> so uh, 217-782-2000 is the capital switchboard. You can call there. You can ask to be connected to Governor Pritzker's office or state representative blank, state rep- state senator blank, and you can leave a message saying, please do not legalize marijuana in the state of Illinois. And if you're listening out there and you're concerned from a moral perspective here, tell your pastor to speak up about this. And then let, one more thing. Let's pray. Pray, because this is, this is going to be a curse on the state of Illinois, as it is a curse in Colorado, and we need to pray that God intervenes here. All right. Take care, folks. Uh, Until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to Illinois Family Spotlight. For more information, please visit us at ifiaction.org and look for us on Facebook and Twitter. If you would like to email us questions or comments, please do so at feedback at ifiaction.org. Until next time, stay engaged and keep your eyes on the prize.